Hey, Blacklight listeners, happy holidays to you. This is Adonia Jaja. We have a really special episode for you today. We've got Jacqueline Tobin, the editor-in-chief of Rangefinder Magazine, talking to us about award culture. I'm so excited to have her on. Uh, but we had a little bit of a technical sort of ticking issue with the sound. So I want to say thank you to Jeremy from Counterweight Creative. He helped sort of mitigate that. So it's a little bit less. It's still there a little bit. But the content was so good that we had to make sure uh, that we put this post up. All right. Hope you enjoy. Without further ado, here it is. Blacklight listeners, uh, Merry Christmas to you guys out there. Uh, we've got Jacqueline from Rangefinder Magazine. Uh, this has been a long-awaited episode. We're so excited to have you. Jacqueline, can you tell us a few things about, let's just to start off, because we're going to talk about award culture. We want to kind of get into this. Uh, can you tell us a few things uh, about the history of Rangefinder Magazine and your history with it, like what your part in Rangefinder is? And sure. Things like that. Sure. Well, first, I want to thank you for having me on the podcast. It's an honor. And so I'll just quickly give you a little bit of history of myself first. So... Um, you know, I'm not an active photographer right now, but I grew up like in a dark room, you know, literally my dad and I were in the basement. We had a dark room. I was a photographer in college on the college newspaper. And then like back then people, the way they found jobs, because I'm old, was <laughs> in the classified. So I saw an ad for oh, a photo. Wow. Yeah, I saw an ad for photo district news in the New York Times. And so this was in the early 80s, so you probably weren't born yet, but... Oh, I was born. Okay. I, was, I was around. Uh, okay, yeah. you're an embryo. <laughs> yeah. um, but so I saw the ad, and so Photo District News, I didn't know anything about it, but I knew, like, since 10 years old, I knew I wanted to be an editor and a writer and work in a magazine and do something with photography. So that encompassed everything. You know, so I got the job. It was for an assistant editor, and then I stayed there for 27 years. And then my publisher of that magazine, uh, our company, then bought Rangefinder and WPPI. I'm sure your audience might be familiar with that show, uh, Wedding and Portrait show in Vegas every year. So I, I think it was 2010, and we bought that show and magazine. And my publisher asked me to go over to Rangefinder. And I was executive editor there with Bill Herder, who he like founded so many people's careers, like Roberto Valenzuela, Jerry Guiones, all these people who really looked up to him. So I got the chance to work with him and he was my mentor. Um, and then and then I think he retired. I could be wrong about that, but he passed away a couple of years ago. It was super sad. I guess he was such a force in the industry. Um, Sorry. And so I got my start there through Rangefinder that way. And now I'm the editor-in-chief of Rangefinder. And we're a super small staff. It's me and my um, senior editor, Libby Peterson. And so the two of us, that's it on editorial. And we have an art director. So, you know, we're, we do a lot, but we just love Rangefinder. We love, you know, the brand, everything about Rangefinder and our audience you know, it's wedding and portrait photographers. So that's just sort of it in a nutshell. And so what is the, the main difference between just PDN and Rangefinder? Just so people know. That's a really good question. Yeah, because photo district, <laughs> no, it really is because uh, 
when I started Photo District News, it's funny. I don't want anyone to be mad at me, but like being a wedding photographer was such a like, no, it, it was taboo. You didn't even say the words. It was just not respected back then. It was like weekend warrior. Uh, but like people like, um, like uh, Joe Busink and Dennis Reggie, like really brought back and Bambi Cantrell, like John Dolan, these like forefathers of, and women mm. of, of wedding photography um, and photojournalism, wedding photojournalism. But we did have a policy at PDN, like no wedding photography coverage. But really? again, it was like okay. early 80s because nobody thought of it as like being a real photographer, which is ironic because wedding photographers do every genre of photography there is, you know, like photo J and still life and food and travel and everything. You have to know every type of photography there is all rolled into one and then do it for 12 hours at a shot or at 14 hours or multiple days. So like since, yeah. And then in my time at Rangefinder, like really seen how much the industry of wedding photography has evolved and become really like, you know, come into its own as it should. It's like one of the most, um, it's like the leading market sector of photography right now, that in high school senior portraiture. But but back then nobody wanted to say that they were a wedding photographer. And so when we bought Rangefinder, it was like, okay, PDN does photojournalism and street, like cover, you know, editorial, photo J, anything commercial photography related where you're hired by like, an ad agency or you work with an art director or a photo editor, whereas Rangefinder was all wedding and portrait, or that's what it's become since I've been there. So like you're getting hired by an individual, by a bride and groom or a family who wants that's really the distinction. And we keep it that way because otherwise we wouldn't need two magazines under one roof. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So is the the staff for PDN, is it a lot, is it larger than Rangefinder staff? Yes. And I remind Holly Hughes every day, like you have, (laughs) well, you have five people and I have two. Uh, Well, they have about three or four editors and art director. They used to have a photo editor, managing editor. I mean, over time, the staff have shrunk, shrunken, shrunk. I can't think of the word and I'm an editor, but uh, um, they're a little, they have a little bit more of staff. Than we do. Yeah. So you mentioned that you spent some time also as a photographer. Um, right. Is that did I hear that right? Yes. Yeah. So what sort of photography did you you do do you do or did you do or? I mean, I've always loved. Not that I did it, but well, I've always like been very into photojournalism and documentary photography and street photography, or like I love photographing people. Like I used to do when I worked on the newspaper in college, like go after stories and you know, or chase down stories, but they involved people or once it was like a big paper mache dragon because we had this thing on campus where they set this, like I went to Cornell and they set this dragon on fire, a fake like paper mache dragon because it wouldn't be a dragon then. But, uh, and I just remember like being so close to this piece of art and having like feeling the flames almost like the heat of the flames on my face and like trying to run down after this dragon going across campus and it just felt like a rush to me of like chasing the story and like literally chasing it and just I like that kind of like the photojournalism type of photography and story so I like combining story with the visual like that's what I've always been geared towards 
Yeah, that's wonderful. Goodness. No, I just love that that feeling, like when you're talking about the heat and, and like being, it like gives me the image of you being in the trenches and just like shooting and making imagery. So it's beautiful. It's good. Yeah, well, I always admired people who, you know, I feel like people, let's say, who become uh, war photographers, um, I feel like they've just born knowing like this is what they want to do. It takes a special type of person like Lindsay Adario or, you know, and those people who I could never do that. Like the closest I got was to this paper mache dragon with the flames yeah. almost touching my face. But like, it makes you feel alive. Like, you know, I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying because of course war is horrible, but I always felt like I would never be able to be that type of photographer or a reporter like that, but I always wanted to. So I just chose to do this safer thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I remember I was doing uh, some street shooting in New Orleans and I, I just went into Treme, which is, uh, you know, historically sort of a, a tougher neighborhood. And I was shooting and I might have photographed some guy in this large photo. And this one guy was smoking some weed and he turned around. And he was so angry with me. Right. He was like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, are you the police? I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, and obviously I, I fit into that scenario uh, uh, visually, but in, <laughs> internally I was very, very afraid. I was like, oh no, like he's going to, uh, he didn't do anything. I mean, right. I deleted the Thank photo goodness. in front of him right. as per his request. And uh, then I ran away very shyly. It was funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, so when we, uh, when we talk about award culture, because you guys do so many things uh, at Rangefinder this seems to be a really big time for you. Is that true? Like is the 30 rising stars, um, like one of the, the big things of the year, or is this like, are there other things that you also look forward to through the year? I mean, 30 rising stars is like our big hurrah for the year. I mean, we do so much all the time, but, um, you know, we try to cover the industry like from all sides. And like, I do get a lot of flack about, well, why don't you have a 40 over 40 or just, you know, the top 100. And I'm like, well, there are other people or magazines or, you know, entities that do that. Um, and and one miss, I think that one thing people don't know is that the 30 rising stars is not about age at all. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, I should just start out by saying it's like we pick 30 wedding photographers from all over the world who've been working uh, full-time as wedding photographers for five years or less. And so it doesn't, you know, we have people who are 40 who want it or even older, but they just have to be shooting weddings full time, five years or less. Um, but yeah, we do. It started in 2012, I think. So this was our, our eighth year, if I'm doing the math correctly. So, yeah. When you started it, Almost. I guess normally when you start something, there's like an opening that you see that you're like, hey, we need to do this. What What was it? Why did you begin the 30 Rising Stars portion? Uh, what was it, it that you saw that you're like, we need to do this thing? And then why did you decide to do it the way that you decided to do it with 30 Rising over, right. you know, five under five years? And so Photo District News, where I had worked before Range Hunter, I think they also have a 30 Rising Stars. Or th it used to be called 30 Under 30. So it was like 30 people who were under the age of 30 in all genres, except for a wedding. So then when your PDN decided they're going to do 20 rising stars of wedding photography, because at that point in the industry, wedding photography was becoming more 
respected and like known. So I'm not sure what year that was, but they did it first. 20 writers started with wedding photography. And then the following year, which I believe was 2012, then we took it over because again, like PDM bought us. So we were always sister publications of each other. Oh, okay. I get you. Yeah. And, and then the industry was just like wedding photography was becoming a very, more prestigious, more known. There were more photographers entering into the field. So we just decided to like, you know, we saw an opening there. Um, like American Photo had always done their top 100, I think. And there were other places or Harper's always does a list. Um, so we just decided, you know, we just want to to get more names out there of people who I believe keep the industry evolving. I know that it's sort of there are people who say it's a good thing to have these competitions and awards and other people who say it's awful and divisive. You know, I, I still think there's room for it, but it could like sort of keep changing how it's perceived or modeled. Right. So you're right. I think there's a there's positive and negative uh, responses uh, to awards just in general. What do you get? What do you think are some? I'm sure you have some stories or just some a, a deeper understanding from the feedback from people who have won the award or just the uh, the culture around it. What do you think about or what's been positive uh, from the onset of you guys taking over and starting in 2012? I mean, one thing is that. It's, it's just really taken off globally. And, you know, I don't remember what year you won because we have to point out that you were a rising star. Oh, yes. That yes. was a great, great year. <laughs> and so, but I think that, you know, I'm, was that 2016 or 17? It was. Yes. Right. So, and I think that was just when we started to like, again, you know, we have to keep up with what the industry is doing, what society is doing, how people are like, reacting to things and you know we were told at times um for sure that it's 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 too white it's too male it's it's narrow and that's also a reflection of what society is doing at the time too right so when I started in wedding photography as an editor and writer it was dominated by males you know and middle-aged white males and so as that industry started to sort of pivot and change and you know then we have to do the same for the contest because we're we're missing out on so much talent you know I don't like to say like oh we have you know a photographer of color or somebody who's Asian I just look at them as talented people but when you get so much like feedback and not always good feedback that we turn it into good feedback because it helps us change things around or see what we're missing. And so I think right around your year, we had more global entries than ever before. So people from all over the world, and that shows us what the whole industry is doing. I mean, British photographers as wedding photographers are so different in their approach. All their, all the entries we get or they have more humor and wit in them. They're a little more whimsical sort of what I call like Benny Hill humor. I don't know if anyone gets that reference because, <laughs> yeah. again, I'm old. I do, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's a very British thing. And then, like, it's just fun to see all the different styles all over the world, what couples want, you know, with WPPI. And I apologize, I think I'm going off on a tangent, but, like, we would see photographers, like, 
um, Raymond Fang, I think, uh, where the Asian like wedding images were so like big productions, incredible productions sure. that didn't even look like wedding photography. Like the these couples like hire their photographers to do a day before and a day after, and to these big theatrical productions. And the bride and groom, or I remember, they were coming out of like like toilet like bathroom stalls with toilet paper flinging around them and they were like big it was almost like an ad campaign and so like wow. you know how do we keep the industry or the genre of wedding photography evolving and moving if we don't know what other people in other parts of the world or cultures are doing you know i think it's fascinating to see what everybody else is doing that to me keeps an industry moving along you don't want it to be mm. too insular too narrow and restrictive Sure. So I guess that that makes me think about the judging process, right. um, which I know has to be extensive and arduous. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like who goes, who judges it? How do they do it? Like and because it's got to be hard. And then, yeah, tell me what, right. what you so I don't like and I don't think people really know um, that's our fault that we don't make a good enough like attempt at telling people like we print who the judges are, but I don't think a lot of people know that it's just, it's rangefinders picks entirely. So it's the edit staff. Um, this year we had Arlene Evans, who's the conference producer of WPPI. So she was one of the judges. I'm always a judge. Libby, the senior editor of rangefinders, always a judge. One year we had the photo editor of photo district news, you know, but it's always like within like some, like keeping it internal one year jason or a couple of years jason group who was the former w wppi um conference producer he was a judge a couple of years in a row so it's everybody on our like just rangefinder related or wppi related and so most you have to be uh, nominated to get in front of you is that correct Right. So, um, right. Like we, we reach out to leaders in the industry with, I'll send a letter and ask, I'll solicit nominations from people, but we also get nominations. They just start sending names in. So like mm -hmm. Blair DeLove and Fells, who was the original, one of the founders of Junebug. And, uh, you know, she always sends nominations. And then Carrie Schwab, who's at Junebug now, she sends nominations. All the people at The Knot, like Rebecca Crumley, uh, Megan uh, at Two Bright Lights, like all these different industry leaders. Then uh, The Knot got a lot of the international counterparts like Boda and all these other like editors from around the world sending in nominations. And so, so once we get them, then we screen out. We have to make sure our people are five years or less. We always have a lot of angry people who say, oh, you nominated this person, they made it, but they're seven years or 10 years or, you know, mm -hmm. we, we try to dig as much as we can, but then we also have to take people at their word. So once they're nominated, I think each year we get about 300 portfolios total, or, you know, they submit through our um, invitation page. And then we take a couple of We only get 300. I, I know. More. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So, but it's funny because like, I know I was. You probably thought I would say three thousand or. I honestly, uh, yeah, I was like, "How do they do this? This is crazy." But yeah. to us, three hundred is a lot. I know, but mm -hmm, sure. maybe one year we'll get three thousand. <laughs> but like, yeah. Uh, and I think PDN for theirs as well. It's about three hundred. I'm not sure why, mm -hmm. but I hear from people all the time how there's so many people who want to be a part of it, 
and I used to get emails. I mean, I still do. It's hard for me because I get emails that say like, I'm crushed that I didn't get in or you've gutted me. And I'm like, it's, it's not that big a deal, folks, but I know it is. But this is probably pivot nicely to why you want to, you know, asking me why competitions are important. It is like a bit sort of here nor there because they're important to the person who made it, but then the person who didn't feels crushed. That's hard. Like, why are they not just as talented? They are. I think what they have to understand is like, the people who are looking at their work at a specific point in time and what are, what we're judging or what we're looking for, you know, it changes from competition to competition. It's all sort of subjective. But again, I think having these awards and competitions just sort of keeps the industry moving and evolving and changing. And I think that's important, but I'm glad that there are people who disagree Sure. So just to reiterate that point, you're saying that you also, as the editor and curator, you can see all sorts of work as good. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they are worthy of, of winning, but you still go off the basis of, of your, your interest or what you like, um, or is, is that what no. you're saying for that? So, yeah. right. It's not what, no, because I actually, and I'm glad you brought that up because I actually really go out of my way to tell the other judges, like, this is not about what you like. It's a, you know, because it can't be because then 90% of the people won't get in, you know, sure, I mean, sure. like, cause one year we had um, an art director who only liked sort of real simple, like Martha Stewarty type of weddings. And that's not what 90% of the people were doing that year. And so I'm like, you have to sort of suspend what you like and think about, like, as you're judging, you know, do the 30 images like flow in a sequence? They don't have to like be ordered a certain way, but it's like when you're looking at it, does every single image feel like this person's work? What's the signature? You know, we're looking for signature voice and style and then having it be in every single image. So it has to be really strong edit. And so we're really, it really, it really comes down to is like, who are you as a photographer? What's your signature style and voice? Because how else are you, how else do you stand out in an industry that's so saturated, if not for your signature voice and style? So that's ultimately what we look for. So, I mean, I, I personally like um, more photo J type of weddings, but if I'm only looking for that, that is not fair and that's not a competition unless it was a wedding photo J competition. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah, no, that's... So, uh, like, I yeah, try to, yeah, I tell yeah. people, just forget about what you like or don't like. This is about the person, not you. Yeah, I know doing some, um, just at conferences or workshops, I'll do some portfolio reviews. And as soon as I get the work in front of me, I have to sort of turn off my desires and what I like in a photo and try to take it as at face value. Like, okay, this is like this person's best work and it's their portfolio. How do I make sure that I can not, uh, not be subjective and be very objective about uh, the quality of their work and all that kind of stuff? But I find that very challenging, you know, and so even more so for you to look at uh, so many photos, you know, um, how long uh, does the judging process take? Because I know it seems like it's about a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's just a couple but... of weeks. So first, yeah. like, there's so there's usually, like, five or six judges, and then we each go through it ourselves, and then 
and then the following week. So it takes about a week or two. And then the following week, we convene all of us and sit in a room and hash it out. And like, mm. we all come in. I'm like, you know, you have to know who you're going to go to the mat for, who you're going to fight for, because like, you know, and there were people I fought for. And because I'm the editor in chief doesn't mean that everybody I like gets in. Like, that it's the opposite. But if I really like believe in somebody's talent, uh, I will right. fight for them. And so we all come in knowing, like, I'm going to really go to the mat for this person because they deserve to be in. Um, so you find, you guys judge separately, then you come in and there's like a meeting where you're just like throwing down. Yeah, like we, like you know, we have this system online that like will spit out the top 50 by, you know, like we scale, we judge on a one to five scale, so five being the best. And then we get the average score and you see like who is number one through 50. Even though we have 300, we're looking closely at the one through 50 to get to 30. But like more often than not, we go through up to 300 to find people. So we only really come out with like a top 10 and then need to go back through and find 20 other really solid people. So, oh, yeah. Really? So what would you say is the biggest difference? Because you talked about what you're looking for, but the difference between that top 10 and then the top sort of third or 20 others, you know, are there differences in those stages that are marked that you can say, okay, listen, these 10 are like, why is it that those 10 are so pronounced? I think it's also, again, so it's, it goes back to what you said earlier about do we, pick based on what we like um you know so it seems like there's always a top 10 that everybody is in agreement with that these are the strongest or these scored the highest but then after that it becomes like a wild card and you know there are people that I scored fives to that everybody else gave twos to and then what do you do but but I feel like or if Libby scored fives and I scored a two she saw something in them that I couldn't see or didn't see. And so that's why we go back through the entire batch again. So I feel like it seems fair that like a top 10 emerges because everybody agreed on 10 people. That's not too big of a gap, you know? And then there's 20 more that were missing something. Somebody scored a five, but everyone scored a two, but let's go back and then we review it again. And as a group, then we'll go through the more disparate like scoring and and rescore as a group, and you would not believe like how often the scores change again. And so I'll be like, oh my god, I gave that person a two. Was I thinking there were five? But when you're in a dark room for hours and you're judging for hours, and you know it's not fair sometimes because like oh we're tired, we're hungry, whatever. That's why we go through like multiple times and make sure we didn't miss anybody. It sounds yeah, nuts, wow. but that's uh... giving you like a real like view of the process which i probably shouldn't but i am <laughs> no i love it i think this is i think this is what people need to hear i don't i think there's a little bit of a, a misunderstanding or, or of why you know like why should i you know not to just to be frank it's like oh why should i want to win rangefinder because you know or why people you know desire to have that badge or be a part of that club um, I asked myself that, and, uh, but you know, why did you want to enter? Like, what made you feel like when someone nominated you that you'd even want to go through the process? Yeah, so for me, it was very much um, 
the fact that you guys are a photo based uh, magazine, mm -hmm. you know, and as opposed to like a like a pretty Martha Stewart right. blog or something, I wanted to be uh, known for the merit of my imagery as opposed to just, you know, how pretty things were in it or how expensive they were. Uh, and so having any that's this is the only uh, word really I think I like submitted to fearless a few times as well. But that was the only thing I ever even wanted to get right. um, was this award. And so for me, it was, it was that badge of like, Hey, like we see what you're doing. Um, and I, I said this last year to, uh, uh, or not last year, but on the last episode, uh, just the fact that I had uh, been up for the award the year before and I, I didn't get it. And I was gutted. I was that person. Where I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> what have I done? And, uh, I'm the worst photographer and I'll throw my camera through into the uh. sea. Uh, and I obviously didn't do that. It instead made me sort of buckle down and like dream bigger and make imagery that I thought would uh, uh, get noticed and uh, and things like that. And so it actually pushed me to make imagery uh, that I, I'm still today very proud of and I'm still trying to make imagery on that level. Right. And so, uh, and so oh, I'm sorry. It's just that like that's exactly why we do it. It's not about rangefinder. It's not for us. It's not about, hey, you're in the special club. You're in the rangefinder club. Like, I don't want people to think it's about that. It's about what you just said, like pushing you to be your best self. Or I know that sounds cliche, but it really it really happens every time where, you know, somebody noticed you and nominated you. And that in itself is a big deal to get nominated. And so, you know, we're trying to get people to be better editors, better, you know, be just better versions of who they already are. But that, again, it sounds... Like, what is she saying? But it really does keep moving the industry forward. And so it's it's about each of you who who gets seen and nominated by somebody. And just like, you know, I'm sure you really spent a lot of time on your submission, as everybody does. And that in itself is like like a real experience of, of going through. And it's so hard to edit your own work. So it's really about like, like really seeing yourself more like who you are and your signature voice. And yeah, I just want to say to the listeners too, because the way you use the word edit mm -hmm. is different than the way that uh, it's kind of thrown around in, uh, in the wedding world, especially. Right. I don't mean and like so workflow production yeah. Photoshop. I mean like post-processing, right. you're talking about culling yes. and deciding what to show. And, yeah. Yeah. That's a really hard skill to excel at. It's really hard. It's one thing that most people who don't get into the final list, it's, it's, it really only went back to that they just didn't put in their strongest work. It's as simple as that, and nobody really understands that. Yeah, I, honestly, I have that issue too, is because I don't always know what you or anyone else sees in my work, you know, like... For example, there was a picture of a dress that you, um, I think you guys commented on in the, in once I received the award, and the way you saw it was totally different than the way I saw it. Obviously, I, we're speaking in this visual language, and so the things that we are trying to do visually uh, don't always translate, um, you know, to someone else's mindset or the way they look at things. But it's so interesting. You helped me see it in a different light. It's like, oh, she sees this like is interesting because of this or different because of this thing, which to me was like, Oh, I just, I do this all the time, but this one just came out kind of cool. Right. You know? Um, 
And so having that ability, I don't know that it's, I wonder if that's what people struggle with when you're talking about editing down their work is not knowing always what is the strongest. Like, cause why would someone not put their strongest in? I assume that I did. I know, but you it, know, right. and I assume, but it's like when I, I'm a writer, if I try to write a short story or a feature or I get really fixated on my opening, the lead, like the intro or the lead, and think it's the most fabulous thing in the world. And then Libby will read it and tell me it's crap. And then I see like, oh, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it is really hard to be your own best editor because you're attached to something and you don't see it from all sides. So do you is that something you suggest is maybe having – an external editor? Yeah, so like Libby and I read each other's work constantly. I can't, you know, I never put anything up unless she reads it and vice versa. And so that it's just, that's just a better way of doing things. Um, and like for the people who are nominated and then submit work for the 30, I always say to them, why don't you just get a friend or a photographer friend to sit down like everybody knows everyone in this industry and a lot of the people who are nominated are nominated by other photographers or people who were rising stars so i just suggest that they have a photo another friend go through and point out things that they're not seeing because that's the biggest biggest um hurdle is is trying to submit their best work because if you don't know what your signature voice or style is or who you are how do you pick your best work. You know, oftentimes what we see is, you know, there's, it's every year we call it like the, this is the trend. The trend this year is like those teeny people amongst big sweeping landscapes. That was one year like that Marcus Bell look, you know, and everybody started doing that one year with mini couples. And then one year it's like the year of the mason jars in the forest. And then one year it's the dark and moody look. And, you know, every year there's something. This year there's way, like, more photojournalism than ever before. And I think that's because we had more global entries from than ever before. And I, I feel like the rest of the world is sort of a little bit behind what the American photographers do. I know the British were, because I used to write for the British Journal of Photography. And so um, it's just interesting to see what the trends are. We want people to step outside the trend and just do what they do best despite what they feel like the rest of the industry is doing. It all goes back to like, if you know who you are, you don't have to be about trends and what everybody else is doing. And that's what we're looking for most. And then who does it? Well, of course we're looking for technique, you know, can you do black and white? Well, are you, are you technically proficient? But beyond that, it's really mostly about uh, being a unique artist with a, a unique voice so, like, well, you yeah. know, I know you were asking earlier about anecdotes or stories. So this year, one of the uh, 30 was this woman, Janine Lacare. She's in San Francisco. And she came to me a few years ago. And she was asking me to look at her work. And so maybe, like, maybe it was four. Well, it had to be under five years because she just was. Well, maybe it was four years ago. Or I think she might be in her fourth year now. And she was asking me to look at her work and I went through it and I said, you know, I, I just, you're all over the place. I don't, I don't get a sense of who you are as an artist or photographer by looking at this. And, you know, it was a little raw at the time, but she mostly did natural light, outdoor work. Um, 
So I said, do me a favor. Don't, for two weeks, don't look at anybody else's blog. Just block out everything. Because she said that she just got sort of wrapped up in looking to see what everybody else was doing. And so she felt like she had to be doing it too. If 90% of the wedding photographers she's looking at was doing the same thing. And I said, like, don't go and look at a single blog for two weeks. Don't go on the internet. Don't do anything, but just concentrate on your own work and what you want it to be and what you think your style is, you know, and she did that. And she said it was the best advice she ever had. And I'm not trying to get like applause for me giving good advice. It, it was about her and, you know, you know, I'm nobody, but it really helped her. She said, and like four years later, she's on this list. And again, for her, what's important about being on that list is that she pushed herself. She listened to some advice and agreed with it. Cause she could have told me like, you know, just, grew off but she agreed with it because it was really confusing her and it really helped her and that's really what we're in it for to like I know it sounds like it could be like well who are you uh but you know people I've over time I you know I've been in the industry 35 years or so and people sort of want to hear what I have to say which you know they can they can't like again uh there's so many people who or so well-respected and know way more than I do, but this, it helped her. And so that's, I felt like, okay, this is why we do this. Now, I mean, she's getting hired by everybody. She's on all the blogs herself. Now she's like recognized by, you know, everybody who is somebody in this industry or it's just, you know, she did the work and listened and she's getting hired, which is the most important thing. Yeah. That's really good. Um, I have a couple more questions. This first one's going to be a little Uh-oh. hard for me to formulate. Maybe <laughs> hard for me to answer. Um, no, no, hopefully. It, it's just what I want to put it together, sort of the ideas uh, of trends, because you said you – is it that you see trends after you guys uh, put out the 30, uh, and you're like, oh, this year's the year of the small people <laughs> and the big landscapes? Or do you uh, – in, in other – like, I guess the other side would be that you, when a trend comes up, you, you tell yourself not to look at what you like. You said this earlier. It's like, not what I like, but you have to look and see what everybody's doing. And so I just, how important is the trend versus being yourself? This is where I'm, this is my question is sort of like, I, I, I like trends when I see right. them, you know, I don't necessarily want to follow them personally, but in just, I guess this is separate from Rangefinder and the, the 30 Rising, just more from the photographer to the, the editor, to the curator, um, is, is how do you decide when, uh, you know, that difference, how do you judge that difference that like, hey, this is a trend and or this person is doing their own thing and it's also a trend or how do you navigate that? So. It totally does, but what I say next might sound like I'm completely contradicting myself, so bear with me, because because we do see the trends as we're judging, and because if we see, like, out of 300 submissions, like, 200 are these, the mason jar weddings, or the dark and moody, or the light and airy on the flip side, you know, like, we acknowledge, okay, everybody's doing this, this is what the industry is it's reflective of the industry at that moment, but it doesn't mean that we want like in a complete list of dark and moody. And I know there are people out there who will say, but you did have that two years ago or we get slammed all the time. 
And I welcome that because, you know, we need that feedback. It keeps us evolving as well. But like, so we recognize what we're seeing as trends and we'll write about like in the intro, like this year we saw a blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't mean that we, we also are looking for somebody who's going beyond that or fearless enough to stand up and do what they want to do. You know, if I walk outside, I live in Manhattan and I'm on Broadway. If I see like everybody right now is wearing plaid shirts, I actually want to wear something completely opposite because I don't want to be mixed into a sea of plaid shirts. I want to stand out. So we also look for that of who's standing out and doing something different. But as um, you know, we're also serving the industry as, you know, a publication and a website. We have to also be like reflect what the industry is doing too, because if we don't report on that, then we're not doing our jobs. So I feel like we have to have both. No, it's it's good. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I like it. Because we actually just did mm. put out a story in December. I think it was um, the December issue about it's a trans issue, but we talk all about not following trends and how that has just been so divisive in the industry lately in the last couple of years about only following trends. Now the trend is to not follow trends. <laughs> But you still have to be aware of them because you can't live in a bubble. Right, right. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And this has been, it's been so informative just to hear uh, not only your story, but the backstory behind the award. Are there, um, you know, you, you sort of mentioned some of the ideas people have for other awards. And uh, are there any other things that you guys are thinking of doing in the form of awards? Or what do you say to the people who are, who want uh, right. different? I, I say to those people, there. definitely write to me, or you know, email me, or call me, or whatever. I want to know because, like, you know, we've been doing this now for a period of time where it probably is time to start thinking about it differently. And you know, we do try to take all the feedback into account. Years ago, when I was a PDM, we tried to do like a top top ten list and then a top twenty or whatever. Or, but then there, you had to vote online, but then people were voting for themselves and it just got out of control. I mean, it's hard to do these competitions based like on that type of voting. But I would like to do something that addresses the rest of the industry because it is very mixed. Like we've found with surveys that a lot of our audience are um, a little older, but then there's a whole mix. Then there's on the flip side there, there's a, there are a lot younger people, more female. I mean, I think it's it's either like younger and female or older and male. So we have both. Mm-hmm. So what do we do about that? Sure. You know. So I I just feel like I always tell Libby we need to be covering all of the bases. We want to not just hear from photographers who are just starting out and emerging, but also the people like you know like Gabe McClintock at the Callaways or Cliff Mountner and all these people who've been in the industry and really like they started at the bottom and worked their way up and they're still successful and they're still, you know, once you get success, the worst part is to get it. And then what do you do if you're at the top, but you still have to keep, you know, we, yeah, like you just have to keep going and sort of reshaping like who you are and what you do. When I was at PDN, I mean, I interviewed every famous photographer that ever was, like, you know, Mary Ellen Mark and 
Gordon Parks was a friend of mine and uh, you know, I met everybody and knew them all. And there was a point they reached where at a certain age or having a career for 50 years, you know, then they started doing books. Everybody had a book, you know, but they, they were still relevant. You have to stay relevant or you're dead. Yeah. So uh, I did go off on another tangent, but I do want to know what people, what else they want from us or what we should be doing. You know, we we definitely encourage feedback, and I welcome criticism because it's the only way to grow. This is so not a plug for me, but it's about, like, I'm so passionate about this industry and the people in it that, you know, every year with the writing stars, what people don't know is that I then write, like, 270 emails of feedback for the those 270 who didn't get on the 30 list mm-hmm. and it That's takes amazing. me months and months and I get people screaming at me like oh what the hell like I want you know where are you I thought you said you'd write this to me and it does it literally takes like three months because I go back in I look again at the submissions I attach my favorites I explain why I like these but not those I explain like what they could do differently next year if they're willing to like do it again um and it's all out of like this helps you grow, not like, oh, you did something wrong. And people are so gracious about it and very, they really want it. They want to hear the feedback about what they could do better next time or not just for this competition, you know, it's about helping them because again, at five years or less, they're still learning. And so that I'm really passionate, passionate about that, about just helping them grow and be better. Honestly, it was uh, it was that email that made me want to push harder for the next year. Um, I, I got that email from you. I, I remember, and I was like, "All right, all right, next year, I'm 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 shown." You know, and so I do appreciate that. I appreciate everything you guys are doing. I, um, yeah, I love it. I love that it pushes the industry. I love that you attach uh, the entire sort of like our long history. Right. Like even though it's only been two hundred years for the photograph, it's like we we still have a, a rich and a visual history. And so, hearing that you uh, are a student of that and you have been immersed in that history uh, is, is wonderful. That you you know all that, and then you also can see how that ebb and flow uh, will uh, affect the future. And like the fact that you're trying to source from all over the world and all sorts of people um, is something that I don't have. Uh, the, the time or the privilege of always doing. And so hearing that you're, um, you're taking lengths and, and strides to do that is, is commendable. So thank you very much for that. That's thank amazing. You. Um, so if people want to contact you and do have feedback or have questions, uh, where can they find you? Where can they contact you? So they can definitely, um, I want everybody to email me. Like Sometimes Libby will say, oh, you're opening a Pandora's box by putting it out there. But I sure. I encourage it. I, it might take me a while, but I do eventually answer every email. So it's uh, Jacqueline, J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E dot T, Tobin, T-O-B-I-N, and there's a Nancy, at emeraldexpo.com. I mean, I okay, put my cool. landline yeah. at my work desk out there, but I... I don't know how to work it yet because it's new. So I don't know how to access my (laughs) messages yet. But if you email me, then I'll definitely get back to you. 
what, what would you say to uh, the, the crop of next year's uh, participants in the 30 Rising Stars? You know you're going to get uh, a whole bunch, or 300 at least, hopefully after this episode drops. You'll get 5,000 <laughs> people. I love it. <laughs> because um, that would be more representative, <laughs> right, of the industry as a whole. I um, think so. Yeah. Um, but what would you say to them? Just like uh, some tips or uh, just some words of wisdom to those people now um, at this point in their career today. I mean, I think that they really have to, again, like really focus on like the body, like we're asking you to submit a body of work. So you can submit from different weddings, not just one wedding, different time. You know, like sometimes we'll get all bride and groom, bride and groom, bride and groom, but we want like all facets of the day. But whatever it is that you submit, you know, think of it as a body of work that all comes together. And so every single image is is super strong and holds its own and it can storytell in one frame, but can also can stand alone. It could be with a group, but it says like you, who you are as an artist and a wedding photographer in every single image. And so it has to, they all have to be strong technically. If you do black and white and color, it has to look, the black and whites have to look like the same person shot the color who shot the black and whites. Cause often that too happens where it looks like like a completely different person photographed it. And like, how do you do that with like your style? And, you know, it's sound, I keep saying that and it sounds, it's hard to like really explain what that means, but I feel like, you know, when you have it or like a unique voice. So like really like stand back and look at your work and judge it like really harshly to know that like yours, every single image of a, the third you submit, I always say it's like a gut punch. That's what I'm looking for in every single image. Like that I feel like I just got punched in the gut with every single image. In a good way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It could be like a soft yeah, or, punch. Or, <laughs> right. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love it. I love, I love it. I love it. I love that you're pushing the industry. That's like sort of why we have this podcast you know, just to push it, to make it what it can be. I think we all see that uh, there's so much potential. For but this, even so if, well, no, I appreciate it, Donnie, but I also want to say that even if people are not nominated for this thing or don't get into it, like, like send me your work anyway. Like we could, we want to do stories on you or features, wedding of the weeks or photo of the days. Or This is like one small little portion of what we do. And, and if you didn't get in, it doesn't really, I mean, this is hard to say because in the, it doesn't mean anything in the grand sense of the world, but then it does mean something amazing to the people who got it. So I just want to stress that if you don't make it, you know, we still want to do stories on you or feature you in some way or meet you and work with you. That's awesome. Thank you Thank very you. much. This Thank was you a so pleasure. I appreciate awesome. it so much. Guys, this is Blacklight. I'm Adonia Jaja. If you have any questions, just uh, send me an Instagram message. Okay, peace.